I don't think there's two things in the world that uh, don't go together more than Game 7 and the Toronto Maple Leafs. We here at the Expansion Buddies really admire a man's haircut. There's two things we love here at the Expansion Buddies. We love our sports, but we love our Kyles even more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. As always, I am joined by my trustworthy, ever-present co-host, Justin Wright. How's it going, Justin? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you doing, Jared? I'm doing good. I, uh, I'm doing, I'm warm, I'm toasty, but I'm doing good. Yeah, I got air conditioning for this room, so I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty nice. Good, good. That's always, uh, that's always a plus. Uh, the good news is, though, my, my body may be warm, but I'm thinking cold thoughts today. I'm thinking. Oh yeah. I'm thinking of ice, and I'm thinking of hockey. And Never heard of it. What's what's hockey? Uh, Just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's apparently the sport that goes along uh, at the same time as the NBA playoffs. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm hoping to talk a little hockey today. But uh, I would love to talk hockey. Yeah, I'm sure you would after uh, what your Tampa Bay Lightning just did in Game Five. <laughs> yeah. Only eight goals. Was that enough? Um. Eight goals will not satisfy. They're going for 10 next time. Oh, if that is the case, the Islanders better just pack it up and call it now. I mean, you guys are on the cusp anyway of going back to the uh, the big one, up three to two on those New York Islanders. It's got to yep. be exciting. It is. That's. Um, I got a little frustrated with somebody. I was playing um, some video games with some friends of mine, and someone that I, is kind of an acquaintance uh, – a friend of a friend, if you will, was talking about hockey and like slamming the Golden Knights because oh the refs just gave it to the Knights. He's he's an Avalanche fan, and it's like, mm, or maybe the Avalanches weren't as good as you thought they were. But he was also like smashing on the Lightning. He's like, if they make it back, they shouldn't ha- they shouldn't get to make it back to the championship. They they need to let other teams have a chance. I'm like. They've won, you know, they've been in the playoffs the last several years. They made it to one and won it. If you make it there, you deserve to be there. Dude, if you don't it, like it's, it, stop Sports it. is not a f- give everybody something and make it fair. No, like it's, it's, you see the same argument uh, in like football, for example, when teams run up a score at the end of the game and it's looked down upon and people are like, oh, you know, there's no need for that or uh, stop it then. Like, we're not here to, like you said, hand out awards to everybody. No, I don't, I don't buy into that line of thinking at all. I think it's really cool what Vegas has been able to do, actually, mm-hmm. uh, since coming into the league four years ago. I, I mean, I think it's good for the sport. I think it's exciting. I mean, I just think of the fan base that they drew in uh, mm-hmm. because of that first year and the success they had. No, I – no. Yeah, um, and yeah, as far as like teams going perennially to championships for that fan base, like it is exciting. It's awesome for others. Maybe not as much. Maybe it's a little frustrating, but then when you see that evil empire topple, like when you watch Philly beat the Patriots, that moment is just oh, so sweet. But you know, the say we're taking the Patriots or the lightning, for example, that are going back to these spots every year. They are well coached. They are well practice they are a good team they deserve to be there and if 
if teams cannot compete or find ways to beat them, then I, I would argue they just don't deserve, you know, to get that shot, be better. I mean, exactly. That's what sports is about, right? It's seeing who's the best. I mean, it, it's not feeling bad because you're so much better than your opponent and easing up on them. Like that's not what we do here. And yeah, I would say that you Tampa Bay lightning are well-deserved to be where they're at. Uh, your dude, Braden point, man, that guy is fun to watch. Yeah. Our, our, we have a really fun roster right now. Really good team. Um, but yeah. And I understand, and I have been guilty of this time after time of complaining about the refs being like, Oh, the rest screw us over here. But I actually, I just recently watched, I talked about him before YouTuber Flemmo raps. He's a Bengals fan. Uh, but he was talking about uh, Le'Veon Bell's career in a recent video. Really good. I highly encourage you to watch it. Awesome YouTuber. But he talked in that video about, like, take responsibility. You know, take responsibility for the – oh, excuse me. The dumb and the stupid things that you've done, but also take responsibility for the, you know, the good stuff that you've done. And in that case, he was talking about Le'Veon Bell. Um and talking like take responsibility for the stupid stuff you put online, the stupid decisions, maybe like in holding out, but you know, also take responsibility for when you made it to the pro bowls, when you were all team, you know, things like that. And I think that goes the same for sports fans. Instead of just like complaining about how you got screwed over all the time, just like take responsibility. Like, Oh man, that's the Knights outplayed us, Mm -hmm. you know, but we were one in our conference. So yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know when you think about, cause in every sport at every level, that's what fans immediately like to do when their team loses is blame the ref for this, blame the officials for that. But when you think about it in terms of the whole overarching span of that sport or that team or whatever it is, you're going to get calls that go your way. You're going to get calls that don't go your way. It all balances out for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think anyway, uh, you know, yes, there's been some egregious examples uh, in sports where a referee's decision has directly resulted in a team winning or losing. But all things considered, uh, just own it, like you said. I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, and those in those examples too, I the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. There's, you know, that one call really shouldn't. If if your team was as good as they said they were they shouldn't have been in a position where one ref call was going to make or break that game or series or whatever. Exactly. Like don't put yourself in that position, be far enough ahead where it's not going to make a difference. Um, again, like your lightning were last night. I don't think uh, 10 bad calls could have saved the Islanders. Uh, sorry mm-hmm. to keep raving about that game. I was just <laughs> eight, eight goals, game. eight to nothing in the playoffs. I mean, come it's on, big. man. It, it's big. I mean, if I'm the, if I'm New York right now, I'm disheartened to hell. Like I don't feel good about where I'm at down three to two, just coming off a loss like that. Uh, game six. I don't know if it's in New York or Tampa Bay. Uh, if it's in New York, I guess that's a little better, but I don't know. I'm not feeling good. If I'm an Islanders fan right now, it certainly looks like to me that the uh, lightning are on the fast track back to the old cup. So <laughs> Yeah, I think right now they're hungry for it. They they got a taste, they got a taste of the playoffs. You know, a few years ago, got the cup last year. 
and they want it bad. You got to believe too. Yes, they won the cup last year, but also there was no fans and there was no, like, it didn't feel the same. It was the same accomplishment. I'm not trying to say that, Mm -hmm. but to the players and coaches, uh, it didn't feel like it was going to feel this year, you know? So they want that taste of it too. I think Um, whether or not that's a huge motivating factor right now or not, I don't know, but it's, it's definitely got to be in their minds. Uh, Um, The next game is in New York. Okay, so that makes it a little better for the Islanders, but I don't know. Like I said, after a performance like that on Monday night, I it's tough to come back from. But even still, like, say the Islanders play crazy and tie the series up, then they've got to come back down to Tampa. Game seven. And try to win that game seven in Tampa. Uh, yeah, yeah, which uh, speaking of, we kind of talked about this last week with basketball, how tough it would be for a team like Milwaukee to do that in Brooklyn. They did. Sorry about your nets. That was <laughs> a rough way to lose a series, but yeah, well, uh, it was, um, but the nets, my nets played their dang hearts out, dude. Took it to over t- over t- over t- OT um, to send it into OT that shot by Kevin Durant. Oh my gosh. Dude, if he was like a centimeter back, the Nets would have won that game. That would have been a game winning three right there. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. I watched the end of that game and all of overtime. Uh, unbelievable performance by both teams. I mean, yes. both Milwaukee and Brooklyn just left it all out there. Uh, your Nets are sitting pretty good for the future. I mean, yeah. all things considered. Yeah. And that, this was a tough series. That's, I, I never had any doubt that the Bucks could very easily be our downfall. They are a very good team with some very, very talented players. And, you know, um, it is what it is. That's the Nets did, you know, they played really hard in, in face of the, you know, the injuries that they had, you know, with Harden not being at 100% and Kyrie Irving going, you know, out for their early in the series, you know, the, KD especially, man, he stepped up. The dude he, balled out. He is the best basketball player in the world. And I wholeheartedly believe that, especially after watching this series, uh, even though they lost, he, he did everything that he possibly could have done. Yeah. Um, and it just wasn't quite enough. But – uh, you know, it's it's tough to watch your 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 team get eliminated from the playoffs. Fortunately for you, your Lightning are you know holding up the other end of it, so can't be too bummed out as far as sports go right now. Nope, I'm uh, I'm okay. And then for me, uh, I've decided very recently that I, I'm going to adopt. Uh, I'm going to get into the adoption game, and you know who I'm going to adopt? Is it me? Uh, do you need adopting? No, I have, I have parents. Okay. I figured, I thought so. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to adopt the Montreal Canadians. They are my team until the Kraken start playing. Because let me tell you, sir, this team is so fun to watch. I have watched their last two games, uh, pretty much in their entirety. Both went to overtime. They are so fun, man. I just, I have not had this much fun watching hockey as long as I can remember if I'm being, you know, quite candid here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pulling for them all the way. I've got nothing against the Knights. Um, like your acquaintance that you were talking about. 
earlier does, but I let's go Montreal. I want you all the way to the cup. Give me a lightning Canadians cup any day of the week. Yeah, that'd be pretty neat. Uh, <laughs> the Canadians who I feel like a lot of people didn't think we were going to be here. Okay. So if we look at the NHL standings for the regular season, the 2020, 2021 regular season, uh-huh. Montreal is about, they're below even middle of the pack as far as wins go. They won 24 games this season. They lost 21. That's almost 500. All right. This team ekes into the playoffs. And then, you know, we've talked about what they did to Toronto in the first round. Epic choke job on the Maple Leafs part. Amazing work on the Canadians part. Sent him packing. That's, you know, what it is. History dictates that that was what was going to happen. Yeah. Okay. But the second round to sweep Winnipeg, you know, a 30 win team, that's, that's where. I would hope that everyone kind of opened their eyes and they were like, Hey, this is Canadians team, man. And now as we record this uh, before game five, they're tied two two with Vegas, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just two wins away from going to the Stanley cup. Uh, I love a good underdog story. You know that about me by now, but what impresses me most about this team is uh, the way they've won a lot of these playoff games they have won four overtime games in the playoffs. That's more than any team left in the field right now. That's more than any team in the field at all, actually, at this point in time. Um, Two of them against Toronto, one against Winnipeg, and then one the other night against Vegas. But it's been a different player every time that scored that winning goal in overtime. So the feeling I get while watching Montreal is this team just finds a way. Yeah, they're, they're very resilient. Even when they're not supposed to. And, you know, they have some games here where they score that game-winning goal a minute into overtime. And they have other ones where it takes them almost an entire period. Uh, It's just, I don't know. Like, this is a team that I just really can get behind. They're easy to root for. Um, I've I've really uh, loving the way Josh Anderson is playing right now. He's a guy that stood out to me last game. Um, But just this whole team, man, I'm just – I'm, I'm behind them. Like I said, they are, they are my pseudo team until the Kraken get on the ice in the fall. And uh, I'm pulling for them all the way. Let's go. Montreal Stanley cup champions, 2021. You heard it here first. All right. That's a, that's a bald take. <laughs> they got to get through either the Islanders or the lightning. They got to finish which, getting through the nights first, but <laughs> I, I want to say, I'm also kind of happy. There are no one seeds left in this playoff. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I love it when that happens. Unless, you know, your team is one of the one seeds that. Yeah. Wait, what are the lightning? Are they not a one seed? No, they're a third seed. Oh, really? I thought they they had some troubles down the stretch. How many? Oh, I guess Tampa Bay did only win 36 games this year. You know, uh, well, is, what is Vegas? Is Vegas not a one seed? Vegas is a two avalanche were the one. Oh, that's right. That's right. But yeah, you got two fours. You have. I don't want it to happen, but you could theoretically have a bottom seed, bottom seed Stanley cup championship with the Islanders and the, and the Habs. Yeah. And I mean, this would be a good point too, uh, to make clear that the, the NHL did their playoffs a little differently this year than they normally do. Teams weren't seeded one through eight. They were seeded one through four in divisions and they played through their divisions to get to uh, the conference finals 
at least the way I understand it, that's what they did, right? Correct. Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. A lot of times in the past, you had teams like uh, Toronto playing the Bruins and things like that. Yeah, yeah. It was just like the NBA does their playoffs, one through eight seeding, and you know, one plays eight and so on. But yeah, uh, that is cool. Two fours. Uh, I, that's what I love to see, man. Uh, I just, it's so fun to, and you called it from the beginning. I'll give you credit as far as Colorado goes, um, that they might've been a little too big for their britches, that they might've been a little too confident going into some series, going into some games. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I can't say it many more ways. Just let's, let's go underdog teams. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, so, I mean, spoiler alert that has, that we got rid of my shout out kind of, it was the Canadians for what they've been able to do. Even if they lose the next two games to Vegas now, uh, and they end up getting ousted here, uh, what a run, I mean, to get to the conference finals when kind of like you said, before we went on air, they really had no business going this far. <laughs> um, so that, that's my shout out. Uh, you got, you love to see a run like this Cinderella run. Like I said last week, it's not quite midnight yet, and I hope it's, I hope it holds on a little longer. Don't become a pumpkin yet, Montreal. <laughs> I love that. Be that beautiful carriage for a couple more games. Be that. Yeah, that's um. We'll see how she plays out. Um. Yeah. This it being June, there has been almost nary a shred of football news to be had. But this week there was one – well, there's a couple things actually that were kind of big. Um, one, which is um, going to be my shout-out. This week originally I was going to shout-out KD for his awesome performance, but I'm going to shout-out Carl Nassib, um, the NFL's first openly gay player actively playing. Um, you know, that's – I feel like that take – a takes a lot of courage to come out like that um, while you're actively playing with many people's different uh, viewpoints, I guess you could say. And especially you don't know how it's going to affect your relationship with your teammates if they don't know. Um, but congratulations to him. Um, and yeah, he's my shout out this week. Good one. He was, uh, I was going to make him mine too, but I almost figured for sure you would do it uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So, yes, absolutely. Great story out of the Raiders. And it's been pretty cool so far. I've seen a lot of support for him come out. Um, Mark Davis, John Gruden, um, Derek Carr have all, you know, offered support for him. Yeah, so. and then around the league, too, you had guys like J.J. Watt, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is not surprising if you know anything about J.J. Watt. But, yes, uh, very, uh, very neat uh, story out of the NFL um, and like I've seen a lot of people say, you hope we get to the point someday where this isn't news anymore, where it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. But I understand why it is a big deal right now. I understand why, uh, how important it is. Um, so, yes, very cool. Uh, full support from us, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then you had other football stories you wanted to touch on. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about it. Um just primarily I want to talk, I don't want to get into the the politics or the opinion side of things. Um, but you have several NFL players that are 
uh, in response to the NFLPA's uh, COVID requirements, because there are different requirements for athletes that get vaccinated and ones that do not get vaccinated. Um, first of all, you have quarterbacks such as Josh Allen and um, Sam Darnold saying that they want to do their own research and, you know, whatever, more power to them. Um, I'm just saying, Sam Darnold, yeah, you are, you you have a history of getting sick. Maybe, maybe take the medicine. Mr. Mono, Mr. Mono. Yeah, I, I digress. But, uh, you know, it's, it's ultimately their choice. I'm not going to say whether or not they should or should not get it. But uh, the other one I wanted to touch on, though, that I think is kind of more of an issue is, is Cole Beasley. Yeah. And his vehement reaction to um, his thoughts on the NFLPA's non-vaccinated player, like, requirements that, you know, I think um, they, they act a certain way, you know, wear masks, things like that if they are unvaccinated. Yeah. I've seen that too. It's been, uh, yeah. But on social media this past week, he went on a tirade. And again, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. I'm you, you do you boo live your life. But the way he acted, I think is rather childish and is not a, not a good example to be set. Childish is a really good word for it. And here's my thing. I totally agree with you. Do what you want to do. Live your life. It's your choice. However, uh, when you have the parameters laid out clearly in front of you on what will happen if you choose not to by the NFL, by your team, whatever, you can't be, you know, uppity about what's going to happen, what, like what your restrictions are. I mean, as far as I understand, the NFL and the bills laid that out very clearly about what unvaccinated players had to do. And if I'm understanding this correctly, it's not like any team or the league is straight up forcing you to get vaccinated. I mean, they're not, it's just, you know, cold, cold Beasley kind of had a hissy fit uh, at least the way I read into it because of the restrictions that are going to be placed on him now throughout the rest of the summer and into the preseason. And I do feel, I don't know if I, I should necessarily say this on this platform or not, but I do feel like Cole Beasley is being fairly hypocritical or, you know, two-sided because, you know, it came out that during the playoffs this past year, he he played through a game with like a broken fibula. He got pumped to- full of painkillers and Toradol and whatever else. Played through that, you know, willing to inject all those things into his body to play a game where, you know, when, when these players are all talking about, or these people are all talking about, like, we don't know the long-term side effects of the vaccine. True. But we do know the long-term side effects of playing football and the concussion risk, the bodily harm. You still go out and choose to do that. Like maybe don't say like, we don't know the long-term effects when you choose every day as a career to go out and, you know, put yourself in bodily harm. And it's yeah. yourself full of painkillers and other chemicals into your body. That's a really good point. Like I, I really hadn't thought of that angle of the argument, but it's true. Like it's, it's just, you're choosing a different risk, you know, essentially. So yeah, I don't know. To me, the, the word you used earlier was perfect childish. It's kind of how I felt like he's acted about this whole thing. Um, you know, you're getting paid how much money to play professional football 
uh, for a pretty, pretty damn good organization to uh, listen to their parameters. You know, if you don't want to get vaccinated, fine, don't, but you're going to have to do things their way. Like that's your employer still. Um, so yeah, I've been seeing some of that stuff too. Um, I'm going to be honest. I thought the other NFL news you wanted to talk about was the uh, Le'Veon Bell drama in Kansas city. Oh, I, I was getting there. <laughs> oh, okay. It was on the way. All right. <laughs> Love Bell, man. That, that guy is my call out of the week. Like, oh. I think he's everybody's call out of the week. Like what kind of monkey brain bull crap are you pulling, <laughs> dude? Uh, I'm going to preface this right now before you go off about this. He's actually not my call out, but yeah, I could see where he might maybe should be. But anyway, go on, go on, man. Why you got to go and like smack talk Andy Reed? Like the dude is beloved by players, fans, other coaches. Like, sorry, you had to sit out in the Super Bowl run. Sorry that you uh, held out from the Steelers to go to the Jets to play for a really bad coach. And whatever, like, I understand, like, you had, uh, you know, an interesting path to where you are, but holy crap, dude, why go and smack talk your, your, your coach, especially, and this is, I'm borrowing from Flemmo raps, but when you look at Andy Reed's coaching tree, like the people that he has worked with, or like, you know, were his uh, assistants or whatever that have now gone on to become head coaches. It's a lot of freaking coaches. Andy Reed has had a lot of people that he has worked with or had people, or that they had worked for him. Like you are shooting yourself in the foot. If you want to continue playing in the NFL, you, you just may be possibly alienated like 10, some coaches. That's a lot of the league point. Very good point. Uh, you just, you don't talk smack about big red. You don't do it. Uh, he is one of the most beloved coaches, maybe the most beloved coaches by fans of all teams in recent NFL memory. Um, he, yeah, like you said, you just had to sit out. Okay. For the Super Bowl run. That's called being a part of a team. The coach is going to make decisions that you might not always like, but that they feel is best for the team. Um, yeah, I saw that I was surprised. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is Le'Veon Bell saying this. And then I thought about it more and I was like, listen, you might leave the drama filled Pittsburgh Steelers, but that drama never leaves you. I truly believe that uh, when you are tainted by that well in Pittsburgh, I think it sticks with you forever. Now, I'm maybe calling out Antonio Brown a little bit here too when I say that, but I just, hey, he hasn't been making a lot of waves lately. True, true. Um, but I don't know, Le'Veon, come on, man. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know how many bridges he just burned by doing that, but I'd have to imagine it was uh, quite a few. Yeah, uh, it was just, it's a bonehead move. Um, the dude is a talented running back that is reaching a point in his career where he's going to have a tougher and tougher time finding jobs where he is going to start aging out and you know, 
Yeah, Lee, you're not at a point in your career as an aging running back where you can say something like, I will never play for so-and-so again, especially Andy Reid. Because if I'm Andy Reid and I'm the Chiefs and I'm seeing that, I am laughing my butt off. Do you think the Chiefs really need him? No. No. No, they have uh, They're they've fine. done fine. They are just fine. I mean – don't let the door hit you on the way out, big guy. Like, that's all I've got to say. Ugh. Unbelievable. Un- it's, I don't know. It's a sense of entitlement that I just can't fathom, I guess. Maybe entitlement's the wrong word, but that's what it feels like to me is, you know, I, I don't think Andy Reid did anything to you that was that egregious. Like. No, the dude's been coaching for a long time. And when he has, like, Almost every player comes out and says, like, man, I love this guy. He's an awesome coach. You know, I don't know. May I guess maybe they didn't gel, but still, you know, mind your mind your own crap, you know, mind your own biscuits. Stay off social media. You don't have to say that. Exactly. And the thing that's also stupid is like when he said that he was replying to some Joe Schmo from freaking Instagram. Dude, social media, especially Twitter and Instagram, has created such a weird dynamic with players in sports you know like 30 years ago they couldn't interact with just someone off the street like this and if they did no one else knew about it and now you know Le'Veon Bell says something like like this and becomes front page news for a couple days and I don't know I just you got to be smarter than that and like you said if you don't gel with the team or a coach or whatever that's fine it doesn't work everywhere but uh you know leave with your dignity leave peacefully don't don't stir up crap on your way out because uh if i'm other coaches in the league right now and i'm looking at the history of Le'Veon bell and i'm looking at the history of the drama i don't know if i want it on my team Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i don't know so well and then you know continuing on with this um you know andy Reid has responded to the situation like wishing him well saying that he enjoyed his time with him of course he is. and Le'Veon bell said no nah, i don't believe him he's lying Jeez, man i just i don't know maybe he'll go back to pittsburgh i doubt it pittsburgh i doubt it. that fancy new first round running back they did they did i, I sorry Najee harris that was not a dig at you um i don't know i just i don't know i don't know maybe he'll go to dallas dallas likes that kind of stuff but Dallas has Zeke. I know. I'm just saying for the, the drama side of it, you know. Oh, well. Yeah, not not so much the needing a running back, but. No, I feel like uh, it's more likely he's going to go to one of those teams in that comp. Maybe he'll go. No, nah, never mind. I'm not going to say that. Uh, who, I don't want to get fans mad at me. No, no, no. We're going we're gonna to move past it. Get him riled up. Uh, well, I would like to, since we're kind of in a riled up mood already. I would like to get my call out out of the way. Okay. Because I do have one this week. And uh, no, it's not the Pirates. So good news there. Uh, my call out is going to go to ESPN reporter Nick Wright. And I love Nick Wright. Let me preface with this. I nine times out of 10 love what Nick Wright has to say. I think he's very insightful. I think he brings good discussion to the table in terms of sport. Very original in his thoughts. I think he was very original in this thought. I hope he was. I hope not too many people share it 
because it might have been one of the most ridiculous things I read the other night on Twitter. So it was right after the Nets lost Game 7 to the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, Nick Wright took to Twitter and he said, I'll read you the whole quote. He said, the single best thing the Nets could do this offseason is the one thing they absolutely won't do. Tell Steve Nash, thanks. He did an admirable job. He'll be a great assistant coach uh, to the new head coach, Rick Carlisle's staff. Nash is their biggest weakness end quote um no steve nash is not the net's biggest weakness uh steve nash i thought did a really good job and yes i realized he had a very talented team to work with this year but he had to coach through an injury to james harden an injury to kyrie irving uh that is he is not why the nets lost out of the playoffs like And he's only been there a year. You can't do that to the guy that's been there a year. Um, I know as I say that, the New Orleans Pelicans just did this to Van Gundy, but that's totally different. The Pelicans completely underperformed. It was a horrible (laughs) – yeah, no, this is not the same. Uh, Steve Nash needs to be your head coach. Like, I think he did an excellent job. And I think if you hit the reset button now – uh, even if it is with Carlisle, who I know was at Dallas for a long time and did a lot of good things with the Mavs. Uh, if you hit the reset button now, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the team is going to progress any to me anyway. So Nick, Wright, I love you, but what was that man? Like, what was that? Maybe, maybe you should have kept that one in the drafts there, buddy, and not sent it. So uh, no, keep Steve Nash. That's my call out of the week. Fair enough. I think that's good. Good call out. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I We did shout outs. Okay, I wanted to make sure I did my shout out. It was the Canadians. That's right. Yes, of course. you, did. you did yours early. The, the adopted boys. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, like you said, June, it's very slow, very slow sports time. Getting ready for the Olympics, though. I'm getting hyped. Yeah, and Olympics should be uh, interesting. I am. Uh, what's your favorite sport to watch in the Summer Olympics? the summer olympics mm. i mean because nothing's gonna top curling in any olympics let's be real but yeah um, i was gonna say like honestly i i really prefer the winter olympics they're fun man they're fun um i don't know like i feel like the ones that i like watching are the ones that are never really broadcast because typically the olympic broadcasting is pretty horrendous on tv yeah, it's not great um, because, I don't know, it, it's just not great. They show, like, primetime slots are saved for swimming, uh, maybe uh, track, uh, but I don't know. There's so many, there's so much more to the Olympics than those two sports, and I'm not done those two sports, but, uh, like, ping pongs at 2 a.m. are yeah. Now I'm not saying that I'm going to sit down and sit down with a beer and watch ping pong, but, uh, you know, um, man, I don't know. Like I, I like, um, I like the skateboarding. I like, um, I like, I honestly, I really like watching like, uh, a lot of the weightlifting events. Cause that's just incredible to me. Um, I also, I like beach volleyball. Like, I know that's like, oh my God, he likes beach volleyball. Like, but 
dang, they get so into it. Dude, it's intense. It's, it's really, intense. It's really intense. Uh, man, my favorite. I mean, I I won't lie. I really like watching Team USA play basketball. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard boys are going to be on team usa this summer. i know dude that's pretty exciting it's gonna usa usually brings a pretty stacked basketball team to the field but when you think about the talent uh we have at the nba level it's not surprising um i like watching the running events maybe because i did running events in high school um but i don't know i just i really like the olympics it's a fun time uh of year every four years this time every five years since we didn't get it last year um but yeah i olympics are fun i'm I'm looking forward to them yeah um i am excited to get the winter olympics again too because i i really do like the winter olympics curling baby curling you got bobsled you've got snowboarding you got hockey you got hockey you got freaking uh freestyle skiing you've got um the ski jump, you got Eddie the Eagle. Dude, he, Eddie the Eagle, yes, sir. Uh, Dude, speed skating is freaking kind of dope to watch, too. I like watching speed skating. It's, That's so insane. It's good. Uh, it, uh, man can do anything and make it look great on dry land, okay? Mm-hmm. But put human beings on the ice, and that's when we can really shine, man. Make it slippery. Make it cold. Oh, I love the Winter Olympics, and we're still a year away. So I know. Don't give me hype. Summer will have to suffice. It it it'll do. It'll do, I guess. That's why I've been so into hockey lately, though. You know, need that little taste of winter. Uh, yeah. Uh, but besides the Olympics, uh, slow time for football. Another shout out, if I can give one that just came. I guess it'd be one that you would give to. I guarantee it. Uh, how about our Seattle Mariners? How about the boys who just swept the Tampa Bay Rays, the defending AL champions in four games, three of those games walk off wins in a row. And the last one, a walk off grand salami by Shedlong Jr. Grand salami. Dude. uh, It's been a long time since the Mariners have been this good record wise in June, a two games above 500, but just been this exciting. Yeah, those were fun games to watch, fun highlights to watch. It's not they're really... they're starting to put something together, maybe. There they go doing that thing where they give me hope again. I know. Maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe they'll make the postseason this year. Yeah, you know, they're starting a three gamer with the Rockies here. So, you know, we might oh easy dub. Get a little something out of that. <laughs> well, what do we know about Colorado Sports? They choke. <laughs> Yikes. Second round city. That's what I said last week. There's second round city. I think the Rockies would be lucky to be a first round city this year, but uh, not here to take digs at the Rockies. Um, But yeah, so baseball going strong, football, slow hockey's exciting. Basketball's getting into the finals. Uh, So yeah, fun stuff. You got anything else, sir, before we wrap this up? Oh, I just looked at the people that have committed to the, uh, team usa for the olympics james harden also committed that's right he did i think i read where chris paul uh did not commit because they said they said if the suns went to the finals um and and played the whole way through there would be virtually no break between the end of the nba finals and the start of 
uh, Team USA's basketball in the Olympics. So I can understand why he said no. Uh, if you're still alive in the playoffs, you probably aren't going to commit to that just yet. But yeah, that makes me surprised that like uh, Chris Middleton from the Bucks is committed. Same with Drew Holiday. Oh, did they both commit? I didn't know. Yeah. That. Huh. That's a. It's hmm. a lot of basketball in their future. <laughs> now, bummer that Jimmy Butler didn't commit. Oh yeah, Jimmy's fun to watch. Jimmy's fun also to watch. LeBron. What you doing, buddy? Why are you not? He's up? still he's still getting that thing out of his eye probably <laughs> still on the floor still arguing with the ref yeah uh lots of unintentional shots taken on tonight's episode yeah you know what i'm excited for on friday What's um that? the shop a show i have never really heard of but it has tom brady on it this week and the reason i even heard about it is because apparently he is gonna talk about his free free agency and one of the teams that. that was looking at him and decided not to go with him, the, like, you're going to stay with that mother effer? I and saw I, that quote. I want to know who he's talking about. Me too. Me too. Uh, you want to take bets? You want to take – let's just – let's speculate right now to end the show on who he's talking about. Because uh, there was a, a lot of teams looking at him, rightfully so. This feels like something that uh, – Oh, this feels this feels like a Jets move. This definitely. I don't know that I don't know that he wanted to go to the Jets at any point. I don't know if he wanted to, but I guess you're right. This was a point in the process where the team was seriously looking at him. Okay, so maybe not a division team. because uh, it's a team that he's not gonna he's gonna be bummed that he didn't get to go to. Um, and man, this feels like a Falcons thing too. I don't know if the Falcons are ever serious about Brady. Um, I I am kind of leaning the the popular route that it's the Niners oh. that he wanted to go because this is a lot of people's speculation. They were looking at him. They decided to stick with Garoppolo, who was you know Brady's backup. Brady knows him. Brady wants to go back to California. That's his hometown. He wanted to play for the Niners. There would be a lot of bad blood there. Yeah. Um. But that kind of sounds, you know, like the, the, you know, it, it sounds like a convincing argument to me. So the 40, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that's uh, now that you've put it out like that, that actually sounds pretty, pretty correct. Uh, but yeah, the shop, it's good. I've seen a little bit of it here and there, bits and pieces with former athletes they've had on. Um, but yeah, I'm, I saw that quote too. And I was like, Oh, who did that? Um, speaking of Brady, did you see the video he put out on Tuesday uh, of him sinking putts like no other getting ready for the big golf, uh, golf outing with Aaron Rodgers and yeah. Chumbo and <laughs> I like the, the casual, you know, crap talk between them, the freaking shots that they've been taking. That's uh, my favorite one was, Brady told them like, oh god, what was it? it was like, you know, it's too bad you don't have someone that'll let you go for it when you want to, Oof. or something like that. Yeah. And, and Aaron Rodgers was just like, well, sometimes we don't have a choice. Yikes! Uh, like, oh man, shows you two things that they have a good relationship off the field, and that there is a hell of a rift in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers right now. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. I'm excited that's, to watch. That's something we didn't talk about either. The freaking uh, Packers, what is it, GM? I think that was like saying Aaron Rodgers was a complicated fella. Saw that. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, what are you doing? That helps. That definitely helps. Uh, he said sarcastically. Um, I, we'll see what the Aaron Rodgers saga plays out to be in Green Bay this summer. Uh, but I think I think he's done. I think he's done in the green and gold, but that's just me. Um, Speaking of just me, just me is going to thank you, sir, my co-host for another great episode. Uh, Good job again. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, And I'm going to thank all of you listeners out there for tuning in wherever you tune in from, uh, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. What's that fourth one we always say? The illustrious can on a spring. <laughs> the illustrious can on a spring. Uh, thank you for tuning in wherever you listen from. Uh, we will be back for you next Thursday, like we have been all the Thursdays prior. And uh, forget. never forget to A, follow us on Twitter at, at the expansion BU1. Exactly. Check us out. We're still trying to get this whole merch idea rolling. Um, so we'd love to hear your input there. We'd love to hear your input on anything we post. Uh, and then also, never forget, Justin. Party Legacy 1976.